In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com. Did you ever have a Chia Pet? I think I got my mom a Chia Pet for Mother's Day once, and it was a very sad time in all of our lives because we were very poor. Uh And uh, she said thank you and started crying. So that's my history with Chia Pets. Crying from gratitude? Yeah, gratitude or just sort of like we were in an apartment, you know, we had just moved from a big house and like... I think one of the last Mother's Days, we got her like fresh cut flowers and chocolates. Uh, you know what I mean? So she's still happy to get it. But it was just like, oh, we're in a one bedroom apartment. And no, no green life anywhere. No. Do you remember what the Chia Pet was? I think it was a man. The man's head. <laughs> I don't that, know. One's, that one's definitely one of the more disturbing ones, in my opinion. But I'm glad that you could buy your mom six or seven Chia Pets now. I know I could. Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I am Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. And we are here not to talk about Chia Pets, but we are here to talk about Angela Green and her plight. And this is part two of that. Yeah, let's do a little wrap up of last episode because that was intense to the max. I mean, we've got family members deceiving each other. We've got people hitting the road. It's like a soap opera in real time. I know. Intensity, intensities. So yeah, let's just like very quickly just take where we left off and just condense it quickly for everyone. So at this point, Ellie's mom, Ellie is her daughter. Her mother's been missing for upwards of seven, eight months. It's already the next year. So Angela went missing in 2019. It's now 2020. We've rung in the new year of the hellscape that was 2020. We had no idea what was coming for us. How do you think her New Year's was? Ringing in the New Year's and her mom is missing and her dad's being elusive about it. I can't imagine it felt great. No, no balloons. And then to even have this catastrophe on top of what was to befall all of us in a couple months, I don't know what... 2020 was for Ellie, but I imagine it was pretty surreal. No, I bet she was like, Corona, bring it on. I don't give a shit. You know? For real, right? <laughs> Seriously. And oh, by the way, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our um, editor, Rob. He's newer on the LPN team and he's been crushing it. And I just wanted to say thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. So you have to edit us well. And if we sound like assholes, now you have to change it because I thanked you. <laughs> so 
At this point, Ellie is still being actively gaslit by her father. Unclear why he's doing this to her, um, but she's starting to really spiral. She is very obviously confused, and she decides that at after this many months and her dad still hasn't really given her any information, she's obviously going to have to take this into her own hands. Even though she is a college student, she has other things that she's trying to get through and she's grieving for her mother. But now she must don a detective's cap as well because no one is there to help her. Wow. Just really turning into a woman before you should. I know. No one wants to do this. No, definitely not. You want to be a college girl. You want to order pizza and like be sad about a boy. Yeah. And just college is already so freaking hard. Yeah. And the fact that she didn't drop out during this time is pretty crazy to me. I mean, she was valedictorian of her high school and spoke four languages. Yeah, she may... She may be smarter than I me. know. Her mother raised a torpedo. I know, right? Um, so we get through January. And then by February, she's like, hey, uh, I'm going to need to look into this. She wants to go find the death certificate because that's one way she can at least have some kind of closure. And she decides it's time to tell Angela's family because Jeff, her father, has still refused to let Ellie tell Angela's sister that she has allegedly died. That's crazy. And so finally, Ellie goes, even though she's so respectful of her father through all this, much longer than I think I would have been, she's going against his wishes. And she's like, I'm calling her. I'm calling her. So Angela, if you'll recall, Angela's sister had at first, when Angela first moved to the States, also lived in Kansas. But then her and her family moved to New York City. So they weren't that close physically. And also they just, their lives separated. They didn't really see each other all the time. So Catherine had no idea that anything was going on. And Ellie decides at this point, she's going to call her. That's a phone call out of the blue. Hey, your sister's dead. And her husband is like being elusive about it. Yeah. Catherine's like, she hears all this. And then she is obviously perplexed why Jeff didn't call instead of his daughter. And then Wait a second. This was last summer? Yeah. What do you... What? Why? I've Why? just been grocery shopping and living my life, not knowing my sister's missing slash passed away. Who knows? Yeah, somewhere. And so they obviously have a bunch of questions, as a normal family would, unlike... I'm not trying to like diminish Jeff's family. I don't know anything about them. They don't seem to be present. I'll diminish them. I don't, they they do not seem to be present or interested in any way in helping Ellie. And that really makes me upset. But very fortunately, I think maybe hopefully Ellie felt this way too. But finally somebody else was going, holy shit, this is crazy. We need to have answers. I bet Angela was just like, oh, my God, someone's on my side because no one's been on her side. Yeah. She's like, I'm not crazy. Right. Exactly. Somebody else is seeing the madness in this and actually responding to it. So Catherine has two daughters. So Ellie's cousins, in other words, and they're a doctor and a lawyer. Uh, So these are some serious Serious people. Yeah, you don't want to piss off a doctor and a lawyer. No. They'll sue you and fuck you up. They'll put you into surgery and they'll accidentally leave a knife in there. (laughs) They want to help. They just start swinging into action to help Ellie and Angela, specifically the lawyer cousin whose name is Michelle. She appeared alongside Ellie on uh, Dateline. And she actually, just as we're releasing these, 
started posting on TikTok about it. So she now has a TikTok. I'll give you guys the link to it either in social media and I'll say it at the end of the episode. But Ellie's cousin, Michelle, is also now speaking out on TikTok. She already was involved, but now she's doing this as well. So Michelle appeared alongside her on Dateline. And again, great genes in that family. Beautiful and very smart. Wow. Yeah, just a lot of lot of good genes in that Angela and Catherine family side. So Michelle's a little bit older. She's a little bit, obviously, if she's a, you know, a lawyer, she's older than Ellie. And she starts going down a list and she's just a little bit more into adulthood. She's a professional. She starts going down a list of things they need to check to try to find Angela. She wants to know where the death certificate is. For one, any person who's known to have died would be on record. It's just standard. If she was really in this mystery hospital that Jeff claims she was in, she certainly would have been on record. Ellie asks her dad to text her a copy of the death certificate. And he initially agrees to do it. He would do it later, he said. Oh, one of those moves. Yeah, I'll do it when I get out of work. Yeah, I'll do it when I get at home. Yeah. yeah. I'll do it over here. I've done that many times, but never uh, to give my family member a death certificate of somebody. <laughs> it's usually if I'm, uh, I don't want to, you know, talk to the person about something that I don't care about. Yeah, or like tax stuff. I'm like, I don't want to fucking pull that. Yeah, up. figure it out. Like, yeah, some W-2 from three years ago. You're like, uh, yeah, I will. Just a little bit later when I get uh, to my office, I will. <laughs> so he did that. Shockingly, he promptly never sent it to her. Imagine the excuses. It's cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad today. I can't. My toe hurts. Yeah, it's like me like making excuses for a date. I can't make it. <laughs> Sorry, I feel sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason to not go on a date. That's okay. true. So Ellie says, I guess I got to do this too. So she goes to Topeka, which is, I guess, where Kansas holds the majority of their death certificates. And she goes to the department. And not shockingly, there is no death certificate on file for Angela, not in the entire state of Kansas. Wow. So the department decides to help and go on behalf to go look do a nationwide search for her. They could not locate a death certificate, a cremation certificate, or interestingly, a marriage certificate for Jeff and Angela. What? Yeah. No marriage certificates. Yeah. So I don't know what that means ultimately, but it may have been that their marriage was never legal, which raises a whole nother. Is she in the of, system even? I, who knows? You wow. know? She never got a U.S. passport. I know that from Jeff saying so on the recorded phone calls. So, And she never got on an airplane. She doesn't like traveling. No, no. She didn't really like leaving a house that much. Didn't have a car. Didn't drive. Probably didn't have a driver's license. Yeah. The, so there's a whole new slew of questions that we may never have answers to, but I hope that we do. He sounds like a human trafficker. This is human trafficking. But the thing is, is like... Yes, that does sound like that. But Angela also was an educated woman. Yes. And she definitely came on her own. Well, got again, we don't know what their correspondences were like. I was saying, I wonder if he told her that it was going to be different Yeah, when she got here. Because this was pre-social media. It wasn't like she could just Google the area and like do a background check and stuff, you know? He'd already lied about his age. So who knows what he was telling her. But so we don't know about this either. But when Ellie gets this news and she lets Michelle know, Michelle immediately calls the police and asks for a welfare check on Angela. 
And the police go to Jeff and Angela's home. This is the first time the police have been involved with this because Ellie was trusting her dad. Wow. So this is eight months after the fact. What does Jeff tell the Prairie Village police? That Angela's out for the weekend partying with friends. After she's been dead or in a hospital or now she's partying. And yeah, Angela, the woman who did not drive, never left the house alone and did not take her purse with her the last time she left, I guess is now uh, just spending the weekend in Vegas. Just a disco, babe. Getting lit somewhere. Um, Just doing shots of tequila. Yep. No. Nope. And nobody cared? Were they just like, okay. Well, thankfully, the cops found it suspicious. Basically, Jeff said this, I think, because he was trying to buy a couple days. And he also, Jeff, denies this is what he said to the police, which I think is bullshit. You can look it up on a report. They all yeah, the police. The police reported it. And then Jeff claims later on that they made it up, which is he's just full of stories. He's got so many stories. He's like Mother Goose. He really is. Um, regular Beatrice Potter. So they wait a couple the couple of days where Jeff said she's going to be back by Sunday night or whatever he said. And so they decide, OK, well, well we're just going to come back then and check on her then because her family is asking where she is, they're worried about her. So when they return the following couple days, Jeff opens the door and he hands the police a card for a criminal defense lawyer. And he says he can't talk anymore. So in that time over the weekend, he basically gave himself that time to hire a defense attorney. Sneaky, sneaky boy. So he tells Ellie he has this attorney just for safety's sake because you know, there's so many unanswered questions about Angela's whereabouts. The husband's usually the the first person who's questioned. And Ellie's like, yeah, uh, I guess that makes sense. I, I guess in this weird situation. I, but then Allie does a little bit of digging and comes to find out the lawyer Jeff has hired specializes in involuntary manslaughter cases. Oh, the, the cracks are starting to open. Yikes. Yikes. So that alone... Maybe that says a little bit of something of what happened. Was it something where he snapped and he did something and then he panicked? I don't know. But he very specifically, when Ellie brings it up to him, he says, oh, I didn't realize that's what the attorney was specializing in. I just thought he was a good attorney. It has it on the business card, you ding dong. (laughs) Doesn't it? I would imagine. This sounds really terrifying for her. Like the pieces are starting to come together. And like, why is he hiring like a criminal lawyer? I mean, imagine not only is she just desperately missing her mother, who she was so close with, when it's then the person who may have hurt her was your dad. And that's your whole family? Yeah, there's no sisters or brothers to talk to it about. No. I mean, she's finally talking to her cousins after seven, eight months. What a nightmare for anyone, you know? And where's her boyfriend? Is her boyfriend not? Oh, no. Actually, her her boyfriend's family has really stepped in and taken her in under their wing, which is very nice. Um, Hopefully that continues to go on. But yeah, they've really been very helpful and at least nurturing her. I don't know if they're really involved in the case or not. I can't speak on that specifically, but they have been interviewed and they are there for her. So that's that's good. good. Well, she needs a nurturer. Definitely. Yeah. Good Lord. Nobody's there. The savings rock when you find a new way to roll, like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, commuter connections can match you with others who live and work near you. 
It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling, up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. So all that this is happening, this is the week of February 15th, 2020. It's eight months after Ellie's last seen her mom and the police department opened a missing persons case which is never good eight months in, unfortunately, um, as I think most detectives will tell you. It's not good three days in. Right. The closer to it, the better, because when they're trying to get information from people, you forget really quickly about what you saw. And it, sometimes it flips in your head, which you've talked about, too, where you're like, it was a blue truck and a red shirt. Wait, no, it was a red truck and a blue shirt. Yeah. So it's not great to have this he opened eight months later, but thank God Ellie did all this and it got the police involved at all. So just a few days later, Ellie decides she's going to start recording phone calls with her dad. So this is where when I played last week, I played that bit of the recording. This is the time period when she had started recording all these things, just trying to get something out of him, trying to question him in a way that will not be too intrusive. So she's she's sort of playing this this part, which is so insanely difficult where she's trying to be really respectful to her dad, but trying to get him to tell her something. And even when on these phone calls, he doesn't know we're being recorded because the state laws vary. But I, I think in Kansas, you can be a one party state and record. So he doesn't know, but he still, even just to her alone, won't give her any information. Mm. Um, but she did this and it's really, I'm so thankful that she did it for us to hear and for hopefully someday bringing this to closure. But this also marks the time, February 15th, when she stopped seeing her father in person. I don't know if that was the advice of her cousin or aunt, the police, or her own decision, but it paints a stark and maddeningly frustrating picture of who her dad is and what Ellie is going through. Ellie graciously has provided these calls to various outlets. And so you can listen to huge, large swatches of them on a podcast called Voices for Justice by Sarah Turney, who I just... I just think is an incredible human being. I definitely recommend you go listen to her podcast. She herself got her own father arrested. And if you want to hear that crazy story, go wow. listen to her show. She's amazing. Wow. Truly. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So she's been um, an advocate for other people and she's been really there for Ellie. And in social media or on TikTok, I will link some transcripts. So a news uh, outlet also made transcripts of some of the phone calls. So while she's been so gracious and respectful to her dad in these prior months, she's reached the point where she wants some concrete answers. So as you listen to these phone calls progress, they start out really not pushing, really gently talking, really respectful. And then as they go on, they become, she's still incredibly respectful. She never raises her voice at her dad, but she starts to get sort of 
you can hear the the exhaustion in her voice and just the I've, I'm done with I'm tired of your shit. Man. Desperate, exhausted. And, you know, really good to her for having that come to Jesus moment. We don't know how she came to it, but to like no longer be alone with her father. Yeah. Who knows what her father was saying to her? Yeah. Privately before this. I mean, when he was gaslighting her. Yeah. For sure. We're going to do a brief uh, transcript of one of these calls just so you could hear her getting tired of it. We're just going to read the, through this so you don't have to listen to the pauses in the in the phone call. It's There's a lot of Jeff not saying anything. So I'm going to, um, Amber, I'm going to read Jeff and then okay. you can read Ellie if that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I got a call that she was, she had passed away. So, but you can't tell me anything about that call or who you called or where or anything. No, because I was very busy at that particular point in time, so I didn't worry about it because I knew that information would come in different ways. But you didn't excuse yourself from work. Like, whenever I call you, you excuse yourself from work. Well, depends on what's going on most of the time. There's not a lot. But it's like mom's dead. Why would you not excuse yourself from work? You would go into the other room and talk to me and somebody doesn't show up to your house with an urn. And I know you're not going to agree to pay $1,500 in cash. Like you will ask all the questions that you can before you hand over any amount of money. Well, it was... You can say that you are an emotionally whatever, in a place of turmoil and grief and whatever, but you would still ask the questions that you needed to. Not necessarily, no. Somebody does not just show up at your house. Send me a picture of the urn. I will. So... I loved your fire in that that presentation, Amber. Um, I got mad for her. I know. I agree. I also being an get, elusive little cunt. Well, that's kind of all of the. You can read through these transcripts, or you can listen to them. And I'll, again, I will give you the links. But he talks and he talks, but he never says anything. And it is, it is like, you know, that sort of. I didn't read the book. I have to present a book report. Yeah. Thing. And he just keeps saying circular things, and I imagine she feels like she's going insane. And she still remains pretty calm through it. And it's so frustrating. This is like most meetings in LA. Like you sit down for a meeting and they're like, yeah, let's discuss some hypotheticals. Right. And then you just like talk about scripts you like and then you feel a certain way after the meeting and you go home and you're like, wait, nothing happened. Yeah. Like we did absolutely nothing. Did, but I somehow feel like I got mugged. Did they take my wallet? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's sort of where Ellie is through these conversations. This is in reference, by the way, to what Jeff had previously told Ellie, which we were played that phone call last episode, that not only did he not know where she was, but they called him at a, his busy job and told him they were going to cremate her. And a man showed up at his front door later and asked for $1,500 to cremate Angela. So that Jeff, isn't how that works. You no. go to the funeral home. But also Jeff gives him the money and then they send him an urn, which he later finds out is, whoops, totally empty. I mean, if you're going to do this like put some cigarette ash in the urn it's empty like people are gonna look at it it just it doesn't why why how he's just being i want to like take him by the throat and like push him against the wall and be like i need answers i need answers now yeah like on like law and order yeah because he knows he's around a bunch of like his daughter you know like some like little girls so, like nobody's gonna like throw him against the wall and demand the answers. It's just so crazy. It, it just seems like this is this. Has he done this many times in his life? Because I mean, he doesn't he, seem very concerned about it. He doesn't seem concerned. I mean, if he's elusive enough to like, you know, lie to a woman about his age, 13 years is a big lie mm -hmm. and get her to come over from a such like a different culture 
to Kansas right. and then get her to stay and not drive a car and not go out. And and that is another question that we, we don't really know of is like, how much was this his being possessive and how much was it her desire to not go out? We don't know. We don't Again, know. we talked about how she probably could have felt a little bit isolated and alienated there, but yeah. we don't know. And Ellie's never, you know, we can't expect a child to to perceive that accurately. I certainly didn't understand my family's dynamic until I was much older. Oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> on a side note, uh, I, I did want to just reiterate that I do know that Prairie Village is not the middle of nowhere. People are like, Prairie Village is a suburb. You know that. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. It's like basically the same as where my mom lives on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. It's on the outskirts of a city, but it's still like... Kansas City, Kansas has, I think, 150,000 people. So this is the outskirts of that. On the other side is farmland. It's very different from Beijing and the areas that yes. she grew up in. Yes. Which, Beijing has 20 million people and it's <laughs> proper. You yeah, know it's not mean? in the middle of nowhere, but it's not Beijing. No, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to put that. I just throw that in there. Oh, I got that message too. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. I don't want to like diminish Kansas. I'm sure it's really wonderful, it's but it's, great. it's as far as like population, it's not Beijing, like people on top of each other. For sure. So it's, it, it's also really the, the level of deception is only matched by his inability to make up a halfway decent storyline. How can he put his child through this is my question. And how can he play with her emotions just to save his own skin with no shame? How? It's <gasps> his own flesh and blood. He doesn't look at her and see half of himself. Right. You know, anyway, these circular conversations go on and on. In one of them, she questions his backstory that Angela was taken away in a grocery store parking lot. She starts these phone calls respectful and clearly exhausted and fighting back tears. Like you can hear her trying not to cry and him just not responding to her. And she's still trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. She cannot still cannot get one ounce of information out of him. This is also from the phone call recordings. And also, it's not just me who's going through so much stuff. I've lost a lot of weight because of my anxiety, and I'm on antidepressants. I'm pretty serious, and you haven't really asked in the past eight months how I'm doing about her. Haven't done what? You haven't really asked, like, in that past eight months how I've been doing about her. You never have. Not specifically about how you've been doing with her feelings towards her. Yeah, like how I'd feel if she'd be dead. You know, like, how have you done with the grieving process? You never asked me that. I've asked you how you've been and how you're doing. Yes, and then I say something about mom and you wouldn't really say much back. Way to be emotionally supportive. And I've respected you to the best of my ability. I've given you time to tell your family, her family, to process grieving because I thought that's what you were going through. And that's what I went through. And that's what I went through. And now it's very confusing. Now I've respected a liar. So what's that? I've respected a liar. So hopefully it's time that you respect me because I've had absolutely enough. I've told you before and I'll tell you again, I'm not lying. You've lied to me in the past. As soon as I find out any information, I'll let you know about it. How are you going to find? It's okay. We're going in circles again. I don't know how I'm going to find out. If I find something out, I will let you know. Are you going to go to the police station tomorrow with me? No, Ellie. You're not going to get into finding her? You're doing cross-examination like you have been on just about every phone call, taking things and turning them around and twisting them. I didn't turn anything around. I told you I don't like that, and I don't appreciate it either. You know... 
the support and the way that you treat another person goes both ways, me to you and you to me. Well, I have not been supported very well, and I want to analyze things. And maybe you're not used to me analyzing everything or getting upset with you, but this time I have a lot of reasons to. And you wonder why I don't want to call you and have long conversations. I don't mind calling you and finding out what's going on, discussing things. and Yeah, not discussing the elephant in the room. If all you want to do every single time is just talk about mom and what I should or shouldn't be doing, I don't like doing that. I just want to know where she is because it's the biggest problem. I'm not going to pretend my life is perfect. I don't have an answer for that. If I had an answer, I'd tell you as soon as I do have an answer. I'll let you know. All right, fine. Well, I'm pissed. I'm offended. And I'm ashamed of you. So have a good day and bye. If you want to have a conversation like the one we just had. In person? Anyway, with messages, emails, phone calls, in person. Do you want to have conversations about anything except what we just talked about? Which is rehashing the past eight months and getting nowhere. That's literally the biggest problem. And that's what I want to get through. That's what's the biggest problem. And I don't have an answer to move past the biggest problem. I also don't think that rehashing the biggest problem over and over and over again, because getting anywhere, it just keeps reinforcing the biggest problem. All right. Well, you can say happy little bubble and I'm not in a happy little bubble, number one. And number two, I don't have the answers you're looking for. So I don't know why you think I need to keep having answers for you or coming up with an answer for you. I don't have it. I don't know what to give you or what to do in that particular instance on the subject matter of mom. Otherwise, I'd be more than happy to talk and do things and whatever. Yeah, I would too, but you're not doing anything about it. So I don't want to. I'm not doing anything about mom in your eyes. Therefore, I shouldn't. I can't do anything at all, period, is kind of how you're looking at it. What is doing anything about mom in your eyes? I don't know. You keep coming up with with talking to these people, hiring those people, going here, doing this. And I tell you, she left and I'm not happy about that. And she's an adult. And if she decides to leave and fine, she can leave. She comes back. We'll talk about her coming back, but I don't want her back the way she is. Oh my God. So first he said that she went to a hospital and then she's dead and then she went partying and she just wants to know. And he keeps going in these circles and giving her... Well, I don't know, whatever you think, like putting it on her and not giving her an answer. Fuck him. I got really mad. I know. No, I it's it's I feel the same way, especially because he's acting like she's being crazy for still asking about where her mother is. He's talking to her in a way that makes it sound like what she's asking him about is a purse that she lost eight months ago. And she's really mad that he lost this purse of hers. And he's just going, I don't know where it is. Like, can we talk about anything else? Except what she's talking about is where her own fucking mother is. It's so frustrating. And he's just, he's now to the point where he's actually turning on her. Yeah. Which is just unbelievable to me. Oh my God. Just he's blaming her and just giving her the no around. He's like, he's, he's saying basically, I want a relationship with you, but we can't ever talk about your mom or you can't ask me any questions. And it's really annoying me that you're talking about her. What are you supposed to talk about? The weather? I guess. Your mom's somewhere. Yeah. Just, it's it's nuts. But also his family was doing the same thing to her at Christmas time, so. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Spring's in bloom, and so are the new lavender drinks at Starbucks. Enjoy subtle sweet notes of lavender paired with silky matcha or rich espresso for a fresh floral take on classic cafe beverages. Order yours now in the Starbucks app. Anyway, finally on March 11th, 2020, police obtain a search warrant on both the homes where Jeff and Angela live and the second home that Jeff purchased at the end of 2019 that we mentioned in December of 2019 and also a garage where Jeff tinkered with cars as a hobby. Of course he tinkers with cars. Like he tinkers in his stupid conversations. He, he just kind of like fixes a bolt and like, I don't know. Dude loves to tinker. He's a tinker told soldier tinker liar. Tinker <laughs> The police have not been public with the information they have from this time, but very little has moved in over a year. During the search, they broke down the front door. So now Jeff has the locks changed and Ellie doesn't even have access to her childhood home anymore, even though she has belongings there. Not to mention no access to the things of her mother's that I'm sure are incredibly precious to her. Yeah, she wants her baby book. She wants the hairbrush her mother would like brush her hair with. She can't get in her house anymore. And her and her father aren't communicating. So Jeff is completely, uh, it, what it seems like is barricaded himself in his house. Although I guess he retired if that was still his plan, according to his statements in 2019. So does he ever leave the house? Like, I don't know. Um, I hope her ghost fucking haunts him. If she's there, I don't. we don't know. We don't know. So yeah, uh, you know, the police have gone through all of these different leads. They- claim that they've gone through over 200 leads and have had no movement in the case, which I, again, it makes me feel like I want to rip my hair out because there's so much circumstantial evidence. How can we not get anywhere? And we've discussed this on cases we haven't released yet, Amber, but this is really common with no confession, no body cases. Apparently, if the person won't confess to the crime and they don't have her body, I guess there's just no way to deal with it. Yeah, what do you do? Where do you go? She didn't have a passport. Uh, so even though it's Jeff has co- made this pretty easy to tell he's lying and must have information, I don't know why, if they haven't talked to his family, why they haven't. I don't know. We don't have, obviously, the inside scoop on what the police are doing, but we do know nothing has changed so far. And that seems... Um, uh, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, they keep doing the runaround till people give up. I know these people. I know these people well. They just keep doing that. I don't know, and like frustrating you until people give up. My question is, why? What changes can we make where, if somebody won't confess to a missing person's case, but it's very there's a lot of evidence, what do we need to change in the laws? Because if it's just a matter of like pulling a Bill Clinton and just saying you never did it or, you know, doing an OJ where you just keep saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. There has to be another way to convict a person if they're pretty guilty, pretty clearly. It's very frustrating. And I do think maybe it's a law thing. And we actually have a, a good friend of ours who is a Supreme Court lawyer. Uh, and I probably will be doing some TikToks with her oh. to ask her some legal questions about the stuff because it's making me it's making me nuts. I know that I'm coming from a place of a layman. I'm not in detective work. I'm not in law work, but this does not make sense to me. Uh, why is Angela? It's it to me. I, I am putting this on it myself personally. To me, it seems like they're treating her like he owns her, like she's his property. And it feels 
it feels a little bit racist to me. It yeah. feels like that they're not like Angela has become this object that we're just not that worried about anymore. And again, this is pure my opinion. So that is how it feels to me. And I'm not just putting that out there to be an SJW. It's that there's just so much evidence and nothing is happening. Why aren't there worn boots on the ground from people who know her? Ellie has said multiple times, everyone on Jeff's side of his family is pretty much iced her out, treated her as though Ellie is the problem. Her neighbors who only sort of knew her tell reporters they thought maybe she just went back to China. And this is not to vilify her neighbors. It is not their responsibility to keep tabs on every person in the neighborhood. I just wish somebody somebody would have cared or like known her a little bit. And yeah. why wasn't she allowed to know people or did she not want to really... But that's like, I mean, like we were saying earlier with these missing cases, it, um, it really takes people to stand on the side of the road with a picture of them and say, remember them, remember. But if you have people that are actively pushing it away, then this case disappears easy. I just I want us to remember Angela and remember her as a person. And we are doing this for Ellie's closure, but also because Angela was a woman who deserves to be treated as such. Yeah, she's a human being. And I'm very thankful also. I mean, Angela's family has really stepped in on this too. So I definitely want to make that clear that her her sister and her her nieces and her family have been really involved in this since Ellie finally told them. But And also there was some effort to get to know Angela in her neighborhood. This is from the Huffington Post. This was back, uh, they spoke to some of Ellie's friends parents about whenever ellie was a kid growing up yeah so legill who's the mother of ellie's school friend tried unsuccessfully to get to know angela better theirs wasn't the type of house you could swing by without notice when she tried to organize play dates she said jeff always had to be looped in to approve the plan neighbor nicole walton had a similar experience in the 10 years they lived next to each other, she was only invited inside once. 10 years? For pizza when their children were young. The next day, Walton knocked on the Green's front door, hoping to give Angela her phone number, but no one answered. Walton wrote it down on a piece of paper and left. Angela never called. Sounds very controlling. That does lead. The fact that Jeff always had to be looped in is, is it's interesting. Yeah, it's just interesting. Aren't you busy? Don't you want your stay-at-home wife and your beautiful daughter to like have a nice play date with some pizza and you go do your mechanic job? Yeah. And see, this is this is hearsay. I don't know if he was a mechanic at this point. Or, but, oh, at this point. So. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, hearsay. And this is through the lens of years later on when she was giving this report. But it is interesting that she pointedly said Jeff had to be looped into the plans. It's just... No, uh, it's just something to be noted. Um, I do wonder if they ever felt like she was in other though i do um i do wonder how she became so isolated and if it was entirely her own doing Catherine, her sister had mentioned that angela began only speaking in english when they talked on the phone and that was out of the ordinary for angela as though maybe jeff insisted on monitoring her phone calls mm. again this is only speculation on Catherine's end but it's it's yeah. it was normally they would have just spoken in chinese and mandarin yeah, Jeff, like if you're marrying a woman who speaks Mandarin, wouldn't you know a couple words? Wouldn't you learn how to say good night, I love you, good morning? Or not have to know what she's saying every second of the day, yeah. too. The or it's fact fine, that you're talking in your language, that's fine. It, that is the sign of an abuser if they want to listen to your phone calls to your family. 
um, that is a sign of that. And Ellie has never said, she says that she's never seen that side of her dad with her mom. So I'm not saying that he did that, but that is a really weird. Uh, it's an interesting note as well. well um, I'm sure her mother like shielded her from anything dangerous and bad. It was just like, everything's fine. I'm going to make you like start like heart shaped peanut butter jelly sandwiches for lunch. It's possible. It's possible because we don't know who is Jeff. Who is he? Does he have a background of violence? Do his ex-wife and his daughter have any insight into the man he is? Yeah, we don't know anything about his ex-wife. His first daughter would be well into adulthood at this point. I've never heard anything from her. I don't know if she's active in the case, but it doesn't seem like Ellie's getting any help from his side of anything. (sighs) Um, Is he the kind of guy who's hidden who he really is from nearly everyone his whole life? If you can't tell, it's my opinion that Jeff did this. Um, I've run so many scenarios in my head of ways that could be different as if maybe he was scammed, uh, by these random people who showed up asking for money for cremation and, or she really did run away somewhere and he just made stories up, but his lies and his behavior don't match these scenarios. They just don't. I'm ashamed for him for what he's done to his daughter at the very least, He's getting to be an old man. Is it really his wish to die without confessing what he did? In a cornfield. In a cornfield? Just go walk in the cornfield, never come back. Oh, that's how he's going to go? I hope before he does that, he will at least have some semblance of guilt about what he's done and what he's putting his daughter through. And if he never confesses, are we all just supposed to look the other way? How is this okay in our country? How is this okay? Answer me, Amber. I don't know. <laughs> How is, yeah, and like, who's going to be like, oh, okay, I confess, I did it. No, nobody's going to do that. No, and the thing with Jeff is like, when I mentioned OJ and stuff, is a lot of people are able to get these crimes out of guilty people because they have a conscience or they slip up. But some people like Jeff just seems to not, care about what he's doing to other people. Yeah. I mean, obviously look at the phone conversations with his daughter, just the loop-de-loop he's doing and the not answering questions, being elusive. When people are uh, elusive with their answers, it makes my brain go red. I'm like, just tell me, yes or no. For sure. And imagine it in this scenario where your loved one is missing and you just can't get a word edgewise. And they're just like, "Mm, I don't know. Maybe it, it was this, and maybe it was this, and maybe she just went out to fucking Tahoe for the weekend. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. I wonder so, if he's a Scorpio. <laughs> you're gonna get us in trouble with Scorpios again. People are all like They were mad last time, like, no, he's an Aquarius. Who was it again? Uh who was that? Who uh who did we just do? Oh, uh Epstein? No, oh, yeah, it was Epstein. I think it was Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> um we're not sure what Jeff's sign is, but um, we're, we're gonna, sorry if it's if it's your sign. I'm sorry, and I don't want to <laughs> speculate. But maybe he's a Scorpio. Maybe he is. Is he a Scorpio? Um, so yeah, so that's basically where we are. Uh, please, please keep your thoughts with Ellie and Angela. They are actively still pursuing, like I mentioned, Ellie's. And doesn't she have like a GoFundMe for her college? Yeah. So the. Org we want to highlight and we're going to donate to this series is actually Ellie herself. Um, She is still in college. She's a college student still through this. And she's basically been left to her own devices. She has her family and she has her boyfriend's family, but 
She's working two jobs to go through school. She's trying to do this. She's trying to favor her mom. So uh, Sarah Turney, who I mentioned before from Voices for Justice, very kindly put up uh, a GoFundMe for Ellie. It is, if you want to go to GoFundMe, it's just called Support for Ellie Green. And please, if you have five bucks to give to Ellie and like a, just a, a nice message telling her you support her, please do that. Uh, we'll also be donating. And again, shout out to Voices for Justice. It's a great podcast. Thank you so much to Profiling Evil, who did so much work on uh, this case. And I've really been there for Ellie. Uh, I recommend checking their site out too. They also take donations. And if you want to go to profilingevil.com backslash story maps, you can see a really well laid out timeline that's through pictures and maps and stuff of Ellie and Angela's story. And it's really cool. They did a lot of amazing work on it. And then if you want to go follow Ellie's cousin on TikTok, her ad is M-I-S-H-G-U-O. And she is basically TikToking only about Angela, which is really awesome to see. Michelle just started this a month ago, and I'm so thankful she's doing that. And uh, please just help keep Angela's story alive. And uh, let's just keep Ellie in our thoughts, or if you do prayers of whatever kind, just do one of those for her. Prayers up, big prayer. Spill one out for Angela. Yeah, um, it, it does matter. Like if you have um, a lot of voices in tune and minds in tune, that big changes can happen. Yeah, for sure. Apparently that's the only thing that will get cases solved in this country. It's just so. prayer. Absolutely. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Natalie Jean. You can follow me at the Natty Jean on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and uh, probably other things. And this show on Someplace Underneath um, on TikTok and Instagram. Amber? I am Amber Smelson, S-M-E-L-S-O-N, on Instagram, Twitch, whatever. So much shit. All the stuff. And also, I'm, I am also co-host Brighter Side. Is it okay if Ed asked to do a shout out? Of course. I also always, have, always shout it out. Yeah. And something a part of the network. It's a show about positivity. So if you're feeling a little negative and down, give us a tune on the Brighter Side. Oh, Brighter Side is definitely a lot brighter than this show. <laughs> a lot less enraging. And also your cooking shows are a blast. Thank you. They come out weekly. You came out, uh, you made energy bars for yourself on the your last episode and you came in all bubbly and full of life. So. Yeah. She gives you some good recipes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, there's just like full of nuts and protein and coffee and seeds. It's just like fuel. Just a little bit of mess sprinkled in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders? 
It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo.